Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Connected Podcast. This is the place where we discuss people, ideas, marketing, technology, and anything else that feels right. I am Sasha Rusu, Account Director for the TED Department here at Mediacom. Hello, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And our guest joining us today is Lord Mark Price. How are you, Mark? I'm really good, and I'm delighted to be joining you. And, and the f- first Lord we've had on the podcast as well. We Indeed. Very <laughs> honoured. Lord Mark Price is a businessman, writer and former government minister of trade, a former managing director of Waitrose, deputy chairman of the John Lewis Partnership and chairman of business in the community. Mark has spent over 40 years unlocking the power of people in organisations. Mark is the president of the CMI and a board member of the Coca-Cola European Partners. He is passionate about creating engaged and happy workforces who in turn creates longer term sustainable success for organisations. Mark, it's very good to have you here. Um, Thank you. That makes me feel very tired, that introduction. (laughs) Very busy, right? I mean, everyone's had to go through the last couple of years, which has been very tough, especially within the workplace. How has the last year been for you coming off the back of the pandemic, Um, not only on a personal level, but also within the workplace? Um, So the last year has been been really busy for for me and for, for work or uh, the first year of lockdown, everybody just shut up shop. And so um, we work with a number of organisations or continue mm-hmm. to work with a number of organisations on uh, measuring, um, improving uh, employee engagement. But of course, it was a very different world. People were in lockdown. They were working from home. So we were doing loads of work around uh, what's the big difference between working from home, working from the workplace. Um, but then over this last year, since we came back to our office and other people come back to their office, then things have exploded again. So um, giving more speeches, more training, more consulting, as well as obviously all the digital work we do to measure, track and improve engagement. So the last year has been super busy. And, you know, Workle, um, fabulous organisation. It's really, it's for any employee who wants a better work life and any employer that wants happy, engaged employees. Um, and you know, so much material on that site. It's obviously been the culmination of your career to date to have that as a as something that you're involved in now. What what are the experiences in your career to date that, that have brought you to this point? Well, I was incredibly lucky, Sue, that um, I read archaeology in ancient history at university and I was going to be uh, a marine archaeologist, believe oh. it or not, um, but also as a mad king golfer. So I was either going to be a marine archaeologist or a pro golfer and my dear old dad said get a proper job and I ended up with the John Lewis partnership and I did that because they had two golf courses and five ocean going yachts and I thought that's got to be a good place to work. How you make decisions right at that stage? Well at 21 definitely Um, and then I got into the organisation and um, its real uniqueness is the guy that founded it over 100 years ago said that the supreme purpose of the organization was the happiness of the people that work there and he reckoned that if you put your people first and their happiness then you're going to have lower turnover staff turnover lower sick absence uh, greater profits um, greater um, profitability and so i spent 40 years or 34 years in the john lewis partnership thinking about that you know what does it really mean to have a happy and engaged workforce and i was very lucky i managed to go to to Wharton and INSEAD and London Business School and elsewhere and really take time to understand what that meant in a commercial um, sense. 
So um, my thought was that I always try to put that to good use. And I, I wrote a book called um, uh, uh, Fairness for All when I left John Lewis uh, to try and set out the principles behind um, uh, how you do have a happy and engaged workforce. Um, David Cameron then asked me to use the, join the UK government. So I spent two years trying to do trade deals with everybody around the world post-Brexit. But then I thought, you know, with all the things I've done in my life, the, the, um, the most powerful and engaging for me was working with people to try and create um, happier, more engaged workforce. So I built Workle as a digital platform. Um, I made it free to use for anybody in the world. We get about a quarter of a million individuals every year go and take our happy at work survey and then we give them advice on how they can improve their working life and as you said Sue on the back of that companies started to approach us to say would you work with us would you help us and now we've got fantastic companies we work for um, from uh, I don't know Morrison's to the Welsh government the Scottish government a real eclectic mix of companies um, mm. and also for the last two years we've worked with the Daily Telegraph to um uh, to have an awards for the um, happiest places to work. Uh, so last year, 19,000 companies entered that. So we've right. just now got this massive data about, you know, how we can help people get more from their working life. So that was the sort of the genesis of it. We focus heavily around um, belonging and you touched on it um, with regards to happy, engaged workforces. Um, what does belonging mean to you, and especially within the workplace? I, I, that's a really good question. And um, it isn't something that I've really thought about because I've always used the, um, the terminology around feeling happy at work, engaged at work. Mm. But I suppose that belonging for me is um, having a sense of comfort and inclusion, that I feel part of the, the team, the clan, the group. Um, and one of the things we focus really heavily on at work or in terms of the work we do with companies is around diversity and inclusion and um, yeah. trying to help companies make sure that everybody within that company feels included. In fact, I think we're the only organisation in the world that has a diversity and inclusion index and to companies we measure um, mm. how the majority groups feel against the minority groups. Mm. Um, and we've got that in 24,000 organisations. And, and I always feel that those organisations that get that sort of right kind of climate in terms of uh, inclusivity um, do create as an organisation a far greater feeling of belonging to the organisation. It's like, it's like it's a bit like that great quote from um, uh, um, uh, around Kennedy when he visited NASA. Uh, and he walked along the line and uh, he came to the janitor and he said, what do you do? And the janitor said, oh, I'm, I'm putting uh, a man on the moon. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's that no matter what job you do, you feel part of the mission. You feel as though you really belong. Um, and I think great organisations have that, Sasha. That's excellent. Um, we ask people about their ambitions regularly um, for the next year. Um, what do you hope to have achieved? Um, well, we, we had a really good year last year. We um, we quadrupled the, the size of um, Workle. Uh, and my hope is to do that again this year, even through some of the economic challenges that we can just help more individuals and more companies create a, a better working environment for people. And um, uh, as a consequence of that, they have um, happier and more fulfilling working lives. I mean, we spend a lot of time at work. You know, a third of our waking hours are probably in work one way or another. 
Um, I've always felt that you know that should be as an, as an enriching process as is possible. So my great ambition with whatever is left of my life is to try and help more people get more from their their working lives and be happier in their working lives. Um, we've just launched or on the the site um, uh, two million jobs now, and we've got two million jobs that are linked to uh, the happiest places to work. So, you know, if you're um, uh, a woman under the age of 30 and you want to work in marketing, you can go to the site and it will show you of all the marketing companies that are advertising which ones have got the the best happiest scores from their employees so i mean my my effort now is to try and grow the business internationally which we're starting to do which is great but to hopefully positively the influence positively influence the lives of millions of workers that's my great goal i must say that's a fantastic ambition to want to improve the lives of workers. I mean, if 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 half the people focused on that, where would we be? There's no workplace. I agree, and and I think a lot about the role that the unions played um, historically, and I kind of feel now that in this digital age, we should be able to empower individuals through giving them information and transparency, mm. um, and giving them the tools to improve their lives to make them more dependent. So I hope that what I'm developing is um, is just the next phase of how people look at their working life and take control of it. I, I felt that when I joined the John Lewis mm -hmm. Partnership, that it was quite a paternal organisation and they would take care of my career. And increasingly, I got to believe that what's important is you can take control of your own career. And so um, when we work with companies on um, engagement surveys or staff surveys, one of the things we do is give individuals feedback as well as give managers feedback. And we do that because I feel really important. I think it's really important that every individual in an organization knows how they feel and can improve that. So it's not just the manager's job to make your life better. It's your job to help make your life better and hopefully working in conjunction with your manager. So the approach that we're taking is very different to anybody that I know of. Um, and it is all about empowering the individual to to do more with their working life. Amazing. Um, moving on to the questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, <laughs> I just got a look from Lord Mark there. Um, so what is your favourite line from a poem, song or a book? And I'm interested. You know what, there, there are so many that I could have picked. Um, there's a line in Coldplay, uh, Viva La Vida, about um, somebody having everything and then having nothing. There's a similar line in a Jane song, um, uh, which is around a pop group, and they have it all, and then it's all taken away. Um, there's um, uh, another Jane song, Sit Down, um, where they talk about those who've been touched by Midna sit down next to me. I think that it will really surprise you to say that in thinking of everything, every poem and song and book, the, 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 the one I ended up with was um, uh, Ken Dodd's song, Happiness. And the lines go something like this, uh, happiness, happiness, the greatest gift that I've been blessed. I thank the Lord, um, and I, sorry, I'm gonna have to do it again. Happiness, happiness, the greatest gift of life and dust. I thank the Lord that I've been blessed with more than my share of happiness. And so I, I just think that I've been incredibly lucky in my life. 
Um, you know, I look back and I've had so much good luck. The people that I've worked with at the right time who've helped me and the opportunities that opened up when they opened up and, um, you know, meeting my wife, Judith, and our kids. And oh, I've been so lucky. I've been so lucky. And um, so, yeah, I just feel as though I've been blessed with a lot of happiness. So um, probably uh, like no other contributor you've ever had, uh, a Ken Dodd song. Yeah, that is a, That is unique. Okay, my favourite question. Um, if you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you, please? Yeah, I again, this is so hard uh, to answer. My, I don't have many vices, but one of them is that occasionally I do like a cigar. So okay. if you put a cigar in there, that would Good definitely cigar. get me. Um, I, I'm also, um, I also do like red wine. So red a glass of, of red wine would definitely call me. And then I don't know if you're allowed to have this, but it, it would definitely be my wife, Judith, and my two girls. So I don't no. know if they can count. They, they're not they're not commonly available objects. We do allow, you know, <laughs> and, you know, even the seaside, but we can't, sorry, I can't allow people and I can't allow mobile phones either. That's okay, well, it wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't be a mobile phone. I think that it'd probably be my... Um, Am I allowed an iPad? Okay, we'll allow an iPad. Yeah, I, I think, we'll let you have an iPad. Yeah. So I, I sort of live my life through through either my mobile phone or my iPad, um, uh, which I'm not necessarily sure is a good thing. But if that was there, it would um, it would definitely attract me. I think after that, um, I would probably have to say uh, a Crew Alexandra uh, piece of memorabilia. I grew up in Crew. Um, okay. And as a kid, I played for Crew Alexandra Juniors. So wow. um, while lot, yeah. lots of people support Chelsea and Manchester mm. City or whoever's top of the game, uh, I've always supported Crew Alexandra. And then the last, um, uh, I think it would have to be something to do with my love of history. I, as I said, I read archaeology and yeah. ancient history. So um, uh, Mykonos. Am I, am I allowed a whole place? Sure. We can um, do. Uh, probably. Oh gosh, I'm torn. Now you've said I can have a whole place. I'm torn between the <laughs> Italian lakes, Lake yeah. Garda. Whenever I go to Lake Garda, I have this sense of peace, and I'm sure that somewhere in my sure. history, I came from Lake Garda. That I have okay. some kind of connection to Lake Deep. Garda. Okay. But other than that, I think um, probably uh, Aswan in Egypt and um, the old cataract hotel which I think is the most marvellous place and okay. um, uh, has that uh, culture. So I, I think I've had six there. Yeah, well, out of two, which, we, which are you picking? Probably go for the Italian lakes because it's where I feel most at home spiritually. Okay, good. Yeah, we can we can definitely get you a lake. That's that's in scope. Thank you. Noted. Um, Mark, what would you say is your single best skill? I think this is a question you ought to ask other people about me <laughs> rather than ask me. Um, uh, I, I would probably say um, my ability to empathise with people. Um, mm. I, I find it quite easy to, to listen to people and mm. I find it quite easy to put myself into their shoes 
Um, and it all goes back to something that my dear old dad said to well repeatedly said to me and my brother and sister when I was young he used to preach on a Sunday and he mm. would say to me Mark in the eyes of God nobody's better than anybody else everybody is equal but we all have different and unique skills abilities and experiences and he used to say look if somebody says something that's different to your point of view don't argue with them but rather find out why they hold that point of view what is it in their background their experience that's led mm. them to hold that view and he would say to me, if you do that, one of two things will happen. Either you'll change your view based on mm. the new information you have, or alternatively, you'll be better able to explain why you've come to a different mm. point of view in a way that's not threatening to the other person. And so I think it's that bit of my background, the, mm. the fact that... Um, you know I do think everybody's equal I do think everybody's had different upbringings and backgrounds everybody's got their own unique skills and understanding what they are and um you know singing their praises for what they do I I, I feel really comfortable doing that I, I feel very content I've never felt that you know I I've done better than anybody else or anybody else has done better than me I just kind of don't view the world in that way so I I suspect it's it's that probably Although I say I'm probably not the best person to. Well, it's a great, it's a great. But what would you practice more if you had the time, all the time, and the space in the world? Oh, I'd learn languages. I, I mean, I uh, terrible, terrible at languages. At school, I was terrible. I mean, I, I was truly terrible at French, German, Latin. I, I was all even the Latin with the classical history. <laughs> well, the great thing with Latin is because it's not a spoken language. You could just say the words, and they would just sound awful. And you, yeah. you, you know, it wasn't in that sense troublesome um and the worst thing is that my my wife and daughter speak really good french and spanish mm. but whenever we go there they they always make me order or do whatever and then they laugh at how appalling my accent is um but um yeah i would love to speak languages well um but for the, it it just doesn't compute in my brain mm. um i like music and people often say if you like music then you can use languages and um i mean i enjoy i wouldn't say i'm a good singer but i do enjoy singing um but uh, languages i've never been able to master but i so wish i could i'm so envious of people that that do that when i was the trade minister i i, mm. I think i visited 40 odd countries in in a year and a half and i went with the team from the foreign office and gosh i was so impressed with them you know the, the, the to be able to pick up virtually every, any language and communicate at quite a sophisticated level um uh, so yeah that's if i had the time that's what i'd love to be able to learn to do i think we might know the answer to this one yeah where in the world real or fiction would you like to live and why and i'm i'm known for guessing these and i'm pretty sure i have a 99 chance of getting this one right yeah well i love where i live now and i wouldn't you know i wouldn't choose to move i live in dorset north dorset and it's wonderfully peaceful and I live in an old vicarage next to a church and uh, it feels it. serene so I, I'm really happy where I live uh, but you're right Sasha if I could live um, uh, anywhere else it would probably be in Italy and it'd probably be in northern Italy and um, uh, um, the, the, the northern lakes. Um, uh, Lake Garda I mean my wife loves Lake Como but I just feel as though I come from Lake Garda yeah. for some bizarre reason. 
whenever I go there, I just feel calm and quiet and I feel as I have a link and somehow I know the place and it's a really weird feeling. Yeah. So yeah, probably Lake Garda I would choose. I, I do have a place where I feel that about it. It's, it's a really interesting, really interesting thought. Um, Right now, where's your place? Where's your place? Oh, I'll save that for my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, the question you cannot prepare for. Um, so these are from the School of Life um, conversation starters, and I'm just holding three cards up, and I'm going to say A, B, or C. Uh, B, because it's in the middle. Have you ever had a recurring dream? Oh, several. Yeah. Can you share? Yeah, or? <laughs> yeah the, 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 uh, I, I dream quite often that I can fly. Um, so um, when I was younger, I used to dream that I was on top of the Crew Alexandra football stadium and I would just fly. And I quite often dream that um, I can sort of levitate. I'd stand in a room or outside and I flap my arms and I take off and people are just completely bemused as to how I can do it. And they all look at me and and so i dream that i uh, can fly um when i left university for a number of years i used to dream about um forgetting uh, exam dates and waking up in a cold sweat which i'm i gather is quite a common dream and then the other one which probably dates back to that feeling of lake garda in italy that um i i dream, I dream that i was quite um young probably in my teens and living in a sort of 2000 years ago and living in a, a wooden fortified uh, village with um tree stumps uh, sort of walls and um uh the men of the village went off to fight and um i was left with some others and um the village was attacked and i was run through with a spear um i don't think you can ever dream that you die can you i think somebody says that but anyway i do um, so quite often I had I had that dream that um, uh, I was killed that way two thousand years ago. Wow! There you go, three. That's excellent. That's an excellent answer. Thank you <laughs> so much. And it's been brilliant talking to you. It's a, it's always a pleasure to see you Aww. and talk to you. Very much. Take care. Thank you very much. Bye bye.